Hello, and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about life, love, and entrepreneurship. Let's dish. That's Sarah Alpin, host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District. <laughs> and that is a very friendly pupper who has just been waiting for us to start the show um, that couldn't, couldn't hold it in any longer. Um, but the beautiful voice you heard is my guest co-host and the producer of The Wedding Dish podcast, as well as a business owner at Mabelie Q and an accessibility educator, um, plus just a fabulous woman, Erin Perkins. Thanks for being here. <laughs> and um, today we have a really cool guest. I'm super excited to hear about this. You may remember a little bit about when Erin was on um the episode Read My Lips, which we talked a little bit about accessibility in weddings and things. Um, she actually referenced this wedding. So now we are going to get to hear about it firsthand. And we have Carrie and Andrew November with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to hear about your wedding. Um, we talked a little bit about this offline before we got started, but I watched their proposal video at, right before we got on here and was crying. During... <laughs> I'm flattered. <laughs> it was so sweet. It was so sweet. Your parents were so excited. It was just, it was the best. <laughs> very excited to be with us and they flew in for the weekend they were in on the whole plan and they were just ready to show up when they needed to and which is wonderful I love that so much so um let's start from the beginning tell us how you two met I love telling the story <laughs> so we met at Sleepaway Camp, the name of the camp was Brookwood Camps, and we met when we were 13 years old. So this was back in 1997. So this, of course, reveals our age in the sun. <laughs> um, so when we met, I was sitting alone um, in a canteen eating snacks by myself. I wasn't very social since I was the only deaf girl there, and they were all hearing the reason we were both at this camp is a Jewish camp and my parents felt very strongly about me being exposed to other people who are also Jewish. So Andy comes walking over and I don't remember anything he said to me. I just remember he tried to make conversation and eventually the next thing I remember is he asked me if I wanted to go for a walk. So we go outside to go for a walk and um, he wanted to look for like some privacy. So we kind of walked a little bit into the woods. I know that if I told the story now, that would be creepy, but we were 13, it was innocent, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I followed him and I noticed it's getting darker and darker and there's no light. And I said to him, I'm 13, he's 13, keep this in mind. 
I can't sleep. Can we go back to bed or some night? I can't read your lips anymore. So um, very mature 13-year-old goes back toward the light and he's saying a few things. I still can't understand him. So I'm just nodding and smiling. And then eventually he leaned in to start kissing me. And the first thought I had was, oh no, we both have glaciers. I'm so concerned. I'm going to get stuck because I had never kissed anyone before, so I was very nervous. <laughs> we were pressing, everything was fine. She tasted like Coca-Cola and licorice. So I remember that flavor very clearly. And then after the kiss was over, um, at that time, it's not like we thought of saying, oh, what's your mail address? I wanna keep in touch. We just kind of run our own separate ways. Um, and at that time, AOR just come out, so I didn't really have a screen name, and I didn't think to ask him for a screen name. So all these years later, fast forward to 2007, I funded him on Facebook, and he gave me his email. But at that time, I had a boyfriend, so I didn't feel right responding. I just ignored his messages. Fast forward to 2015, he messaged me to say happy birthday. I thought, thank you so much. And he said, oh, you're so beautiful. By the way, who are you? And I'm like, what do you mean, who am I? <laughs> and I was thinking, thinking, I ignored his message again because I was so angry that he forgot me. And I was kind of drunk too, it was my birthday and I was <laughs> out drinking with fans. And then the next morning, he tried again to message me. And he said, hey, I want to try this again. I really want to figure out who you are. And I said, okay, I think you remember my last name. I changed my name on Facebook so that my students at the time wouldn't find me on Facebook and I wanted to keep my name hidden. So I had my first and my middle name on Facebook, not my last name. I told him what my last name was and he said, oh, well, you dad, you were my first kiss. And I said, yes, you were my first kiss too. So then I'm trying to think what happened next. So then we talked for maybe two weeks every day, all day. And he was at work. His boss um, was very flexible letting him talk to me, to catch up with me. And then he told me he had to come to New York for work in two weeks. And I thought, oh, wow, that's so great how that works out. So I said, yes, um, let's go out on a date. So we spent the entire day together, Saturday, I think it was Saturday. And then we, we met in front of the hotel and we walked around, we sat in Starbucks, went back, I went back to the hotel to change. And then we went to a restaurant for dinner. And we had our first kiss all over again at the restaurant near the coat rack. And um, of course, uh, that kiss was very special because we had already experienced life. So that was an amazing kiss about so much chemistry, which is wonderful. And then we became official pretty quickly after that. And then six months into our relationship, I found out that he really did not have work. He made it up just to get me to say yes, because he was concerned that I was going to ha worry about what his expectations were applying, by the way, to take me out on a date. So it's a good move. Oh, my God. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I remember Carrie telling me about all of this, like when she first started seeing the again. I was like, all right, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Erin, what was your uh what was your interpretation of that? <laughs> well, no, I thought it was actually, like, texting me the first time saying, like, he's coming out to visit, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Most guys don't do that, but, like, make sure we know where you are at all, all times, just in case. But, like, it, enough, everything went really well. So it was like, all right, so when can we meet him? That kind of deal. <laughs> That is exactly what I would think. So um, maybe I should rewind and explain that why I asked that question, um, because Erin is my co-host today, but she's also a lifelong friend of Carrie. How long have you known each other? We actually met when? We met, um, I think, in 2012. 2012, we met at a beer festival, actually, and we clicked. Like that out yeah. yeah I was like I rescued her from some other people that she didn't like so yeah yeah an old friend that I did not want to be friends with anymore so I'm very happy that she saved me <laughs> oh my gosh I love that I um I never asked how you met before so that's um yeah. That's really fun. I love that. It, as I'm sure you know, Carrie, and I'm sure you can tell Aaron is one of my very, and Andrew, um, Aaron is one of my very favorite people in the whole world. So. <laughs> um, I love that. That's such a sweet story. Andrew, you are brilliant. Um, I am very. I you took because now I'm hearing it again. And I was like, Leading her into the woods and then just showing up in New York. I was like, I think Aaron had a good reason to be a little cautious of this guy. Last time I saw him was in the woods and now he's in the city. So see where this night goes. But 13-year-old leading me into the woods of the poetry and a grown man leading me into the woods. Yeah. That's amazing. So at the time, Andrew, where were you living? So I was living in Cleveland. I had been married and I was getting divorced at the time. Uh, my uh, ex-wife had moved out the year prior and, you know, just doing what any single person was doing. I had on some of the dating apps and on Facebook. And I, the reason why I messaged her finally, because, um, I was on Facebook and I had been looking and she had been posting pictures, you know, as we all do. And her friend Mally had taken some professional looking pictures that were just gorgeous. And I had looked at, you could see her friend, you see our friendship. And it said we had been friends since 05, but had zero friends in common. And this was 2015. And we debated if it's 05 or 07. So anyways, um, I, I thought that was very unusual to be friends with someone for so long, but have no friends in common at all. It's just like, this doesn't seem right. So that's when I finally got the courage to message her uh, on her birthday and use the happy birthday as kind of, uh, you know, just an easy, uh, again, going my theme to not be creepy uh, <laughs> message. So not sure how well I'm coming off so far in this podcast. 
Well, your proposal made me cry. So at least you had that padding on the <laughs> Looking back, there's some interesting decisions on my part, but it, it worked out very well. So for her proposal, um, he told me the next day he actually had work then that he wanted to sign. He had practiced signing the entire proposal with um, my friend Maria, who's a sign language teacher. Evan also knows Maria. And he was just so excited to propose. He really only signed a little bit. Um, he said most of it, but then signed a little bit in the end. Um, but it was just so sweet. And he showed me what he really wanted to sign. It so doesn't matter. I, just wanted, I would have been happy because that really made me a bit. Yeah, that's all I would really wanted. I was just waiting for so long at that point. I'm very excited. <laughs> very sweet. I... I do want to highlight to our audience that um, Carrie herself is deaf as well as Anne, myself, and Andy is hearing. So he's actually made a lot of effort to learn sign to be able to communicate with Carrie throughout the relationship as well. Yes. Yeah. He's um, fluent enough that we can argue in sign language, unfortunately. <laughs> hey. Fortunately and unfortunately, because if I'm mad and I don't want to talk about something, or I'm like, you know, forget it, he can sign everything that he needs, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the things that, <laughs> that you don't expect. <laughs> the most important is being able to emphasize with your, your movements, you know, your, your emotions. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm getting really good at sign when I can, like, sign and I'm really mad at you right now. So, <laughs> like, when I sign to you. <laughs> That's her move. So I'll turn away and I'll be like, no, no. You know, watch me sign. Oh to be fair, that... That means you can actually argue in public without like people knowing what you guys are arguing about. So not really because it's very clear we're angry if we argue in public. So we try well, not yeah, to. Yeah, but people will know the topic. They see that. I think it draws oh, more yeah. attention. To, like this, like ferocious signing. Like what is happening <laughs> over at that table? <laughs> because it gets a lot faster. <laughs> And you really can't sign without like showing your feeling. Like right. it's such there's so much in the face, and I'm very expressive to begin yeah, with. I actually think he's more expressive than I am. I mean, he had really good eyebrows. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you know yeah, you have great eyebrows. <laughs> 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 I I like to think of sign language as almost like a dance because it's like your whole body is kind of like involved and engaged. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So when we fight, yeah. it's an angry dance. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, I do want to dish about the actual wedding. So when and where did you guys get married? So we got married October 9th, 2016. We got married at the Western, which is in downtown Cleveland. And um, well, the wedding, we had hired two sign language interpreters to sit 
facing the audience. And then I had my own personal interpreter standing in front of me who was the writing sound mummy. And then we also had a cop typist that typed everything at the writing. And if people didn't know sign, they could bring up um, the captain on their phone. They didn't have to sit in a specific location. They could sit wherever they wanted. So all types of um, accessibility that we could think of was provided. And then during the reception, uh, this didn't really work out too well, but we made the best of it that we could. We expected the music to be captain, but that ended up not working. So it was really behind. Um, so we did the best we could to figure out what song was playing. And then he would tell me, you know, what song was playing so that I could try and listen to the music because I can kind of recognize music if I study the lyrics ahead of time. If I don't, then I'm not going to know what the song is. But I knew what songs were playing because I picked out all the songs, so that helps me. And all of the deaf people that were there, they did have access to the music because there were so many hearing people that knew signs. Some of them were interpreting, some of them were signing, speaking at the same time. So there was a lot of um, different accommodations going on during the reception. Yeah. Um, so when you guys planned the wedding and you had guests, like how many guests did you have? And what was the main thing that you felt like would come up? Because I know what it's like trying to combine, bring together hearing and deaf world. That's like a really huge challenge for a lot of us who tend to, who happen to marry a hearing partner when you're deaf. How did you figure out? what you wanted to do? It wasn't a question of providing accommodation because luckily I knew enough interpreters that were willing to do the wedding. They, they all actually said that they would do it for free as a gift, which is very nice. We had offered to pay them, but they all, two of them reduced the fee and then one with my best friend said it was her wedding gift to us. Um, my parents, question whether or not to do interpreter they knew that my guests were going to be deaf and some didn't know sign that they would need captain and our, we were very fortunate our typist also uh, said she would do it as a gift to us so that was very nice um, I'm trying to think we made sure that the lighting was light enough for people at the rehearsal dinner and the wedding as well, so because that people needed to be light enough that we can meet lips. We also had something that I learned in the New York, New Jersey area, which is not really done in Cleveland, was we had a DJ, but they brought a drummer with him, which was, I, I recommend for every wedding that's gonna get a DJ, pay the extra to get a drummer, because one is just fun, to watch and to see this drummer play along, but it really gave that extra oomph to, you know, bring the music in, into people who, uh, you know, a lot of deaf people, you know, would want yeah, to- Yeah, took fear of the beat because of the drummer. So that was another, uh, I think, a hearing and deaf accommodation that really uh, added to the uh, music experience. Oh, and I'm remembering now, um, the deaf tables had the short flowers, oh, yeah. hearing tables had the tall flowers, but what was funny was, 
some of the older hearing women like, saying that they're moved it because they wanted to be able to see their fan. So I guess we should have just gone with these short flowers if we were to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I do, one thing I do remember when we were at the rehearsal the night before the wedding, there was a lot of communication with the venue, House of Blues, I believe, was to make sure they didn't dim the light and they did dim the light. And we're like, whoa, 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 turn the light back on because we started not being able to see each other. And they were like, oh, I think it was just habit to dim the light. And it's like really having to communicate with the venue and being like, I know it's habit to do this, but you can't do that with people need to be able to see each other, so. Right, yeah, it was very bright um, in the end once they fixed it, so I think it was enough light for the yeah. deaf people and um, for the older people. Because I've noticed a lot of older yeah. people when they go to the restaurant, they use a flashlight with a menu, so I'm sure they were very grateful. Yeah, <laughs> I would think so. That's a yeah. huge thing to my mom, she's like, that she was that was one of the things at my wedding she was not happy that they had assured us it would be light enough that she could see and it was not (laughs) (laughs) um and that is you know for we were just saying this but just to reiterate like one of the reasons that it's important to have that lighting is not so that you know, you because it's not just signing with your hands, it's facial expressions, it's movements, and um, it changes the way that you're interacting. So the lighting is actually very important in for a variety of reasons. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that um, that we acknowledged that too, because um, it's, and that is really funny. My mom also requested that we not have tall flowers on our tables because she said that's a problem for her at weddings <laughs> yeah I, I I think in in all in all when it comes to wedding and stuff like that I mean I know people oh lighting needs to be dim but at Terry and Andrew's wedding I never once felt like oh this is not a intimate environment where it never felt like I was in like fluorescent light. No, there was still a mood. There was still an environment. It was just different, right? It wasn't like dark where you're like, oh God, I can't see anybody. And you you have your beer goggles on. It like concept with it makes everyone look good I still think everyone looked pretty damn good at this wedding I mean this was like a top-notch dress wedding yes (laughs) yeah I can that was my favorite (laughs) yeah I can tell from the pictures that it looked really good. And also like your pictures are awesome because you had really good lighting. And I think that's something people forget when they're wedding planning. Like it, that's, you know, if you have to use like heavily rely on a flash for the photography, it flattens things. So um, I, when I was looking at these, I was like, oh my gosh, they did. I didn't know. I didn't you know, have this information prior, but looking at your photos, I was like, they did a really good job with that lighting. <laughs> so one other detail I thought of 
then when we told people not the official told people please don't use your phone unless you're using it the captain because we didn't want people to all have their phones out taking photos texting because um, I had a feeling that if they saw how many people were looking at their phone, I was concerned that going to deter them from the actual wedding ceremony. And when they explained, you know, if you're utilizing the phone for the caption, that's fine. But if you're not, please do not use your phone. So I thought that was a big help. That's really smart. It also it forces people to be a little bit more engaged in the moment. Um, And again, from the photography standpoint, there is nothing worse than having people, everybody's faces, instead of getting their reaction, their faces behind a phone or an iPad. And it's in the background of, you know, yeah, exactly. Erin, Erin just held her phone up in front of her face. And, you know, if your phone is like, like this color, and it's between the bride and groom. I know I'm holding up this turquoise sign that says, ask me about my dog. <laughs> I <laughs> now <I> realize. <laughs> but if, it, <laughs> if it's a really bright, like orange or neon pink or something, and it's between the bride and groom, it's really difficult to deal with in photos from the photography standpoint. So for a ton of different reasons, I definitely um, would recommend considering having in what what people call an unplugged ceremony um, so that, yeah. Oh, um, for our first look, he, he told me the day before he had a surprise for me and I was kept asking, what's your surprise? And I was a little worried because um, I didn't know if it was going to be like a crazy jacket or something. So I was happy to <laughs> It was um, half links with the I love you symbol. And I just lost it when he showed it to me. And it was captured in the pictures as well as in the video. It was very sweet. I love that. <laughs> I love it. You are a very thoughtful human, Andrew. <laughs> you little details do not escape you right <laughs> yeah I love so that do That's you guys nice. have any favorite moment from your wedding that has made that really stand out for you I would say my favorite moment was um but stands I mean, I wasn't really happy with how I did, but I enjoyed that moment together, having the first dance and the time that we had in between the wedding and the reception, we actually were able to eat upstairs. We happened to bring all the food from the cocktail hour upstairs to eat. Yeah. And then um, the, the cocktail hour food, epic. I mean, it was so good. And then we actually were able to nap for 45 minutes. So I actually be, was able to sleep <laughs> on my wedding day. And then we went down to reception. And then I felt like I had more energy to dance the rest of the night. 
I have but you gave two reasons and your second took mine uh, (laughs) I was gonna say something thoughtful that I thought my favorite time at the wedding was when we weren't even at the wedding Uh, it was really great these hotel staff I mean have to so many thank yous to them for really making that special we had a beautiful room up on the top floor so the room was gorgeous anyways and they brought all the food and the drinks up there. So we had like our own like, like private celebra- like catered celebration. And we drank those margaritas. I think you spilled your margarita on me. And oh, that's then, nice. And then we drank <laughs> what was left. And we got drunk. And that's why we fell asleep for like 45 minutes. And they came knocking to come get us um, to go down there. But that was definitely um, my highlight, that time in that room. It's just like knowing there's like this big event going on down there. But having all the, the drinks and the effects in that room, that was uh Because it's about us really getting that. It's the two of us starting a life, so it's nice to have that moment with him. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the wedding is really being part of other people's moments. And it was fun, but it's not your moment. Like, we were, you know, you're in basically every photo booth picture. You know, you're, you're pulled in for one of them. So we spent a lot, and that was a ton of fun, but you're constantly starting and getting a, a little bit into a conversation before you're pulled away to, to something else so that's why it goes so quickly. I forgot about the photo booth that's love why that booth. was so amazing I love yeah. the photo booth and I love seeing everyone pictures in the photo booth Evan and Hector had an amazing photo booth picture Hector had a yeah I forgot what were you wearing which is some kind I don't of know but Hector had like the crown. That's like one of my favorite pictures. <laughs> the crown, he's so good. And the, I had no idea that you guys asked that for 45 minutes. That I think is pretty cool, right? Yeah, I mean, cocktail hour was an hour and we they whisked us right away and like everything was just there. I'm getting very nostalgic about that right now. That was awesome. <laughs> well, I I felt like cocktail hour lasted like a really long time, like it not like just an hour, but so long. They're like, well, I'll uh, keep drinking because Carrie and Andrew disappeared. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's why it lasted so long because we were sleeping and they were like, well, the wedding cup. I definitely saw someone woke us up knocking on the door. I will clearly remember that. <laughs> Get back to your wedding. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if both were deaf, like, never hear the door and not hear oh, yeah, the Someone would have had to, like, let themselves in to wake us up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And then um, some, some of your friends decorated the room That's once they right. left. That was another memory. Yeah, yeah I remember that. We both bought... Um, pillowcases that said Mr. and Miss and they decorated the whole bed with both petals and um, white twang and white ribbon and it was beautiful so they were able to sneak up while we were downstairs very special I still have the um, pillowcases I keep wanting to use them again but not yet maybe for our fifth wedding anniversary I'll bring it somewhere wherever we go I love that. I have never heard of a couple napping on their wedding day. (laughs) (laughs) I made it happen. It it sounds like really great advice to to recommend for couples to build 
that time. I was sure to think about nap time actually because I need my naps and I wanted to enjoy my wedding day. Um, so I'm sorry to Evan, the other guests who are waiting for the reception. I'm sure <laughs> they were fine enjoying the We had fun. <laughs> they kept themselves occupied. <laughs> You you fed us really well. You kept our drinks like the drinks were like on on part. Like the music, like we were all good. Definitely <laughs> eat during that time because I now I'm thinking about it. I don't feel like I really ate dinner because again, getting like pulled away. Like definitely a appetizer because we were alone. But like I remember, I asked them if they could give me both entrees, and they did. I wanted to try both, and I don't even think I got to eat them mm -hmm. in the end. And then um, I enjoyed our signature cocktail drink. It was called the November Rita because I like spicy margaritas. So they made that our special um, drink and I loved it. Yeah, it That's, what you spilled out That's what you spilled out there. That's what you spilled out there. I have no shade to throw at you. I spilled an entire beer on my husband on like our second or third date so oh you say i love you like you're mine now <laughs> i got claimed love it not giving you didn't have a completely white glass no it just rolled like, up yeah dark suit so it was easy on. to like get it out thank god did you just say I had a dark dress on? <laughs> yes. I just saw Carrie just like completely uh, I pass that. And I signed it. I had to say it. <laughs> I saw that too. She was like, I'm not acknowledging he said that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it so much. <laughs> anything that you would if you were were to go back and do it again that you would change about your wedding yeah. day yeah the entrance I was frustrated with um our grand entrance because I expected to be like open but instead when I walked in I had to like go in between a pole and a table and like this my space so I'm oh. like kind of like instantly like dancing and then I'm going like this trying to get through these people and then to the dance floor so if I could do it again I would have asked where are we entering because the doors on the other side had a lot more um of a grand entrance and more open there was no tables blocking it so yeah. and I would have asked um the DJ to tap the captain with the music yeah. before the wedding started. That makes um I naturally Carrie was more involved in planning. So probably not totally um you know meet a uh you know armchair quarterback that you know <laughs> answer here. But I, I mean I agree the entrance was complex, although we were pretty light on our feet. I mean we were navigating around like those up lights and things. So it was kind of tricky to get in. But no, I mean I thought it was a wonderful wedding. I've been to a lot of weddings. It was a great wedding. I don't have any I don't I no, I, I can't think of anything I would, would say. Would you have 
would you have wanted the pictures to be shredded because that was a long time doing other photos? Um, it was before the wedding. I'm glad about that. Um, not having a big picture thing during the wedding was really great because then I think you're removed. I've been involved in a wedding party where you just get removed and it's like, I want to be at the wedding. And we're just like standing. That's not fun for anyone. Unless you can get people. I One wedding I did that and I liked it. They brought food and drinks, but that takes a lot of planning. That's, you know, it's a lot of people to get on the same page and that can go wrong quickly. Technically, we didn't have a bridal party. We just had yeah. our family walk down the aisle. So I didn't have bridesmaids. He didn't have right. men. Um, because I felt like as an older bride, I didn't want to deal with that and care about having a bachelorette and all of that. So all of that was skipped. We had pictures all morning. I enjoyed all those photos, but at the same time, got up very early for that. I got up at seven in the morning to start taking all those photos. Oh. Different That's part of why I needed a nap because it was so long with the photos. It was long, but I guess I expected it. Mm -hmm. it just seemed like it was had to happen. So yeah, <laughs> I smiled. I think that's one of the, as a wedding photographer, that's one of the things that I plan the most vigorously so that we can get it, get through it. And I make it like the price is right where it's like, come on down and just try to like shuffle everybody through. But it can take so long. So that is definitely something to like consider. Um, I've also had nightmare situations where um, they brought chicken teriyaki and red shots out to the couple and they're, Aaron, you don't know this story. I've never told you this. Um, so they brought red shots and chicken teriyaki, the worst things you can spill on someone wearing white. And they brought them out. The wedding parties were already drunk. And so, of course, down both sides of the bride's dress, immediately the red shots. And then while the guy's apologizing, the one guy's apologizing and um, I'm, you know, shout wiping it out. Shout wipes are your best friend. If you are a spiller, I have tons of them. Um, so I got it out, but he, then he dropped chicken teriyaki down the back of her dress and it bounced all the way down the train. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. But the any that getting it out? I got it out, but no. the it was like an hour and a half long trying to do the photos because I'm the photographer like cleaning the So just like white non-greasy food is the rule. So it's like here's <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the crumbly cheese, the solid pieces of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Things that are easy to eat with your hands that do not leave a mark. Um, white wine is also good. <laughs> white wine and vodka, nothing else. Yeah, vodka is a good option. <laughs> It'll get the stains out yeah. if you somehow manage to get the stain. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I think it's lose lose for everyone. You know, as a photographer, you also have to become like a behavior management specialist, and you can't really, you know, <laughs> force it too hard. And then everyone's hungry, so it, like it, it's an it's an impossible feat. To do yeah, it. 
all the different combinations, like you in, you out, you know, it's just, it's hard. And there's always inevitably somebody that they, um, like, is like a girlfriend, but not engaged. So then they like, don't want to include them, but they don't want to leave. So then they pull me aside to have this quiet conversation with me about it. And I'm like, I asked this in the questionnaire two months ago. Yeah. (laughs) We have one of those in our pictures. So, you know, it's it's reality, you know. Yeah. I mean, usually I have the person in for one and then have them step out for another. This is how this is going to end. So just step aside for. Yeah. (laughs) We want to make sure it's easy for you to lift out of the family. (laughs) all the things you have to consider when having a wedding it's so many different moving parts (laughs) I love I love all of the things that you all did I love the idea of a drummer I've never considered that um I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, because I don't want to speak for you on this as a hearing person, um, the experience of having the drummer, like why that made it cooler for you as opposed to just DJ. Well, like I said, I had never seen the drummer until going to weddings uh, in the New York area. And it, it as a hearing person, it just added uh, so much more uh, dimension to the music. It really, It's really an engaging thing. And it's just neat to see because the drummer can drum, drum along to any song and you're almost watching the drummer create it, you know, figuring out a, a way to adapt. I'm not a musician at all. So to me, I just, you know, jaw dropped the first time I saw it. And then I think most hearing people, I, you know, I see approach carrier are like, oh, you feel the music, right? That's just like so baked into like hearing culture that every hearing person just assumes that all deaf people can feel it. And I guess to some extent, you know, I won't speak on that. That's what, you know, Carrie and Aaron can talk about. But, you know, it seemed like it was well accepted and people liked it. So it was great. And in defense of the captions, um, I think the DJ did a great job um, trying to to accommodate. They had actually uh, captioned all of their music and then it, the system had crashed. So what they did, which was pretty amazing, uh, looking back, is they found all the um, captions on YouTube. Oh, and right. they had to sync YouTube captions to the music. So what was interesting as a hearing person, I could actually hear, they worked so hard slowing down the music, speeding it up to sync in with the YouTube video. So you'd be listening to the song like, Either this song is really slow or I'm getting a little drunk because like you could just hear subtle changes in the music, (laughs) but it was them trying to time it with the YouTube. So yeah, unfortunately the captions didn't work as intended, but to all credit to rock the house entertainment uh, here in Cleveland, they hustled for the entire night to line up YouTube lyrics to, uh, to that music. I forgot that what they ended up doing in the end and couldn't remember exactly what had happened. That's why it that is so crazy. I will say, I will say this as a person who attended the wedding, it was very much like um, it was nice because there were like other hearing people that did sign at the same time. But like, if this is one of the things that if I ever meet a DJ, I do recommend because I know I'm like, hey, like you should do 
caption because a lot of people actually like able to read the lyrics while they because half the time you lie you don't realize you don't know the words right i mean like i've always been big on knowing the lyrics like no matter what so that to me was like really one of my favorite experiences you make a good point because um when i think about some of my healing friends if i ask them what the music right now what song playing right now and i ask them now can you mouth the word for me and they're like not the chorus, but then the rest of the world are like, and then the chorus again. So even healing people don't always seem to know the words too. I think I've told Aaron this, but um, you know the Credence Clearwater song, Bad Moon um, Rising? I, (laughs) when I was little, and this is just an example of one of the million songs I do this with, I was convinced that it said, um, don't go out tonight because you're bound to lose your life. There's a bathroom on the right. (laughs) 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 I think we all have songs like that. I don't really know the words well, so captions have definitely uh, taught me. I'm like, oh, that's the lyric. I did not know. (laughs) It's funny how much stuff you miss people saying. And when you actually are aware and turn captions on, like how much clearer things are. I could never watch TV without captions now because I've been watching so much TV for so many years now. When I'm at places and they're not on, it feels like something's missing. And I uh, absolutely agree. You learn so much more. And uh, you know about who the character is sometimes they'll identify maybe like an ambiguous character and definitely you see more speech than, than you can hear uh, you know if you're, if you're like me at least mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I love captions and I and I think right now like we're looking at captions on zoom the technology is really progressing fast especially over the past year uh, for captions and definitely and, and, and certainly more of a climate of accessibility uh, things online are you know course they have a long way to go but are improving um i think uh tiktok has been the big motivator of people making captioned instructional videos which is great to see so i i think like aaron said you know if you guys can have everyone keep educating djs having captioned music is certainly a possibility in in the future with these with this auto generation yeah and it makes such a huge difference and um you know, we, we host workshops and things and I turn the captions on and then later someone will come back and say, you know, I, I missed some of the stuff that people were saying, but because of the captions, like I actually retained the information and didn't totally miss out. Um, which is, I mean, it's, it's also just a way that people learn. So it it makes us all better to have those capabilities because you're addressing like, I mean, first of all, it's the right thing to do, right? Like that's that's the why all podcasts should be accessible. Um, Erin should be speaking in front of millions of people, educating them on how to be better. She is constantly helping me um, understand and adapt. I thought I was doing captions right for a long time, for probably three weeks when Zoom started adapting. Um, and then I realized that Erin was just taking over and fixing it when I did it wrong every time. <laughs> 
<laughs> she just didn't tell me. I was like, this is so much easier now the way they have it set up. Um, but um, it's, you know, we all learn differently. We all retain things differently. So it's not even just someone that is deaf or hard of hearing. It is, you know, people who just learn better by reading too. Right. Um, I, and I'm, I'm, it has been slow going, getting things to be more accessible. Um, but I am really relieved that there are ways that zoom has gotten accessible and that things are seeming to catch up a little bit better, at least from my standpoint, Erin, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you know, a lot about, um, accessibility. No, I, I think Doom, I think Doom had been doing, I mean, I think they moved slowly during the pandemic and it was like, hello, like we've been in the pandemic for almost an entire year before they made it free. Yeah. For everybody before you had to pay to be able to have the captioning capability. And it was like, what why make people pay for it? it there was definitely something wrong with that. Yeah, that aspect. Yeah, that's another that's another thing that always is a big bummer to me when they're like, "Oh, we can't do captioning unless you are upgrading to like X, Y, and Z." And I'm like, "It should be this is a basic need. I wouldn't charge someone like a toll to use a ramp." That's (laughs) that's always my response to people. Aaron and I are very bulldoggy about. about people we care about it <laughs> and making sure that they are well yeah. taken care of. <laughs> We're um, the same way in terms of how we advocate as well. Um, he's a disability litigator, so he has um, that clients in addition to it, other clients. And I've become more involved in advocating as well since we've gotten married. An example of how we've been advocating recently is we've been volunteering to help people as well as deaf people register for the vaccine because a lot of them struggle with understanding instructions in English and ESL for most of them is their first language. So I would uh, do my best to have them register and explain the instruction to them and how to get an interpreter for their appointments, so on and so forth. Yeah, um, medical staff during the pandemic has is one of the things that's upset me the most for Aaron. Um, so I'm really glad to hear that you're doing that. Um, I actually bought Aaron a mask after her, she had a bad experience at a doctor's office where they were like frantically gesturing. She doesn't know, she can't see their, their mouth because they're in masks, you know, what, like, and so I bought her a mask that was like really pretty and says I'm deaf so that she doesn't have anybody like frantically coming at her at a doctor's appointment or something like that just that it's just it like gives me goosebumps to think about how I would feel in that situation yeah it has been very difficult for a lot of us um I had to buy a bunch of clear maps and clear shields just to have for anyone um, that I may need to communicate with indoors. And it's been very helpful being able to give these maps out so that people can wear them like me to lips. For example, I saw my brother a few weeks ago and he bought a bunch of clear maps so that I could communicate with him in different scenarios 
and that was very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not the deaf people that need the clear mask. It's the hearing people that need the clear mask. Right. Yep. That's, that's a big thing that I, um, that I saw happening with Erin. I saw a lot of people were sending her things like clear masks and she's like, I don't need this. The rest of the world does. I think I think every deaf person kept getting messages sent to them from the hearing f- friend and family, like, "Hey, I'm like, that's not for me. That's for you." Right. Like, <laughs> but are you not understanding the logic behind this? So yeah, I think it'll be a long time before the world adapts to that concept. But yeah, it is. It's it is interesting because you think of it backward as a hearing person. And when it, you have the have it called forward to you, it's like, how did I not realize all of these things? How have I not thought of these things before? But, you know, it it's it's just like, which is why what Erin is doing is fabulous. And which is one of the reasons what you all are doing is fabulous too, is um, advocating, but um just educating like without judgment is so important you know yeah well I am so glad that we were able to have you on the podcast today I can obviously see why Erin loves you too thank you I love you Evan I love you too (laughs) um for having us Yes, absolutely. Thank you for sharing your wedding story. This was such a fun thing to discuss, um, especially because, you know, we had heard about it from Aaron's point of view as the guest at your wedding who really enjoyed all of these, these things that you did. Um, and I, I heard about it from Hector too, actually, um, when we were discussing it and Hector is Aaron's husband, who is a hearing person. Um, and, he also really enjoyed all of the things as well. So um, it, it seems like it was a really lovely event for everyone that attended. And you got a freaking nap in the middle of it. <laughs> I didn't know that was a luxury. So now I'm like even more happy that it happened. I'm like, wow, oh, I got that. Very exactly you made it happen. Totally. I love it. And now everyone else who's listening knows that it's possible and can make it happen for themselves. Uh, I'm going to build in that timeline right there. Already it's got 45 minutes longer. (laughs) I love it. Well, Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into The Wedding Dish. Um, Thank you, Carrie and Andrew, for being here and my amazing co-host, Erin. If you do want to continue to um, learn about accessibility, and especially if you all are podcasters out there, Erin has specific resources for you. Where can they find you online, Erin? They can find me at MaybelleQ.com or on Instagram at Maybelle underscore Q. That's M-A-B-E-L-Y underscore Q. And thanks for having me. I always am happy to have you. I invite you to ghost in on all of the podcast episodes, but this is the first one you've taken me up on this season. (laughs) I know. 
And um, if you all haven't started following The Wedding Dish yet, please do so on Instagram. We are at The Wedding Dish Podcast and follow, rate, and review The Wedding Dish on your preferred podcast platform. Um, Next week, we have another amazing guest coming on, and I'm super excited about it. So um, thank you all for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your night. Cheers. Bye. Bye.